You know, I remember our first meeting here at Iowa State that I came in and met with our players. The thing that I told our program was really simple was we will have great success when one of the hardest things in life to get to occur can happen within our walls and everybody within our walls are aligned to one mission and that's to build trust. Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's featured message. Coach, the floor is yours. Thank you again for being with us today. Thank you, guys. And and certainly thank you for having me. And I'm really honored to be able to come on and certainly speak. And, and, you know, for for myself, again, my name is Matt Campbell. I'm the head football coach at Iowa State. You know, this is going into to my sixth football season here at Iowa State and, and really my 10th season as a head football coach. And, um, you know, I, I think before I get talking, what I would tell you is, first and foremost, I, I, I certainly am not the person that has all the answers. You know, at 41 years old, I think one of the great things about, you know, being in a leadership position has been the willingness to be able to surround yourself with great people and the willingness to continue to grow. And Obviously, I think even over the last 12 months with, you know, with the COVID and some of the things that have come our way has really forced growth to really occur and and the ability to sit back and evaluate, you know, how are you leading, what's important, how do you continue to get yourself better? And so, you know, I I think a lot of, of what I'll talk about today kind of stems around our core values, our mission, and and really uh, what it, what are some of the things that have been a f- foundational staple for myself in terms of how we built the Iowa State program and, and certainly what we did at the University of Toledo? And, you know, I think what I would what I would say um, as, as we kind of get going is, you know, so much of my roots have been in, in the state of Ohio, you know, really, you know, grew up in the Maslin Canton area through my entire life, went to Perry High School, had a had a, a legendary head football coach and a gentleman by the name of Keith Wakefield, who who just retired a couple months ago at, at Perry High School as one of the winningest coaches in the state of Ohio. Grew up with a father that was a high school head football coach at Maslin Jackson High School, and then went on to play at Mount Union. And so for, I think, a lot of you Northeast Ohioans, you know, being able to play for for Coach Karras and, and being a part of that program was certainly instrumental. And then obviously, you know, being at Bowling Green State University and then at the University of Toledo as the offensive coordinator and then being the head football coach. I think so much of my roots and really what I've learned and, and we're all a product of our environment, just grateful to have great mentors and, and having a great mentor in, in terms of my father, in terms of Coach Wakefield, in terms of guys like Larry Karras. So, you know, I, I think for a lot of my foundational principles, uh, so much of that growth has come from from that mentorship. But you know, I, I I I think the best way for me probably to start today is just to kind of go through, you know, what have we used that have been pillars in building the Iowa State program, and, and certainly these are things that maybe haven't changed even from the University of Toledo building the Toledo program to what we were able to do here at Iowa State and. You know, I remember our first meeting here at Iowa State that I came in and met with our players. The thing that I told our program was really simple was we will have great success when one of the hardest things in life to get to occur can happen within our walls and everybody within our walls are aligned to one mission, and that's to build trust. This is in our facility, and, and again, it's, you know, simply put, the single most important ingredient for a football team is to be successful is trust. 
trust in the football program, including everything and everyone that touches our program. And, you know, I, I think that's really hard. You know, we, we have 130 players that are on our program uh, or in our football program. You know, we have over 55 personnel that deal with some sort of service with our players, whether it's academics, nutrition, athletic training, strength and conditioning, coaching. And to me, I think one of the great challenges as we came into Iowa State was aligning everybody towards this one goal and mission is, is building this foundation of trust. And, you know, I, I think trust in any organization, in any business, let alone, you know, the sports world, it's really hard to find that. It's really hard to get that. And I, I knew that was going to be a foundational principle of what we were going to have to build on. You know, it's funny because trust in the football world has got to go from players have to have trust in coaches. Coaches have to have trust in players. Players have to have trust in each other. And coaches must have trust in each other. And so it really flows four ways. And, you know, I, I've always said, I think my mission as the head coach is to come in every day and fight for that value system to be free flowing within our program. And, you know, I, I think as we go, uh, I'll certainly kind of talk about what we've tried to do to, to kind of build that into our program. I, I think the other thing that you have to have is you have to have a mission. Like, what are you trying to do? And, you know, what are you really about? You know, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, for me, it's never been about winning and losing. I've always been a big believer that those things take care of itself. I really think in a leadership position, you know, your job, there's there's a little bit of paradox in leadership. And I think the first thing is it's your job to serve everybody else. And, you know, I think you have to be able to paradox of it is you have to be authentic in how you do it. You have to do it your way. And so, you know, I, I think the mission that I've always had for any program that I've been involved with and is the head football coaches you know, really to create an attitude and effort and precision-based program that really fosters player-driven ownership to build the most caring, inspired, and unified team in college football. And, you know, really from day one, that's been our mission here. And, and if any of us, if any of you have watched our team play, you know, what my hope is, is if you turn in for 60 minutes and watch our program play, you don't just say, hey, they win games. It's it's really how they do it. You know, they play really hard. They play with great effort, but they do the little things right. And, and they, you can tell they care about each other and they're inspired. And that that's driven by player driven leadership. And so, you know, I, I think those have been, those were the building blocks of, of really what we wanted to get out of, of what we were trying to build. And I think you have to define that early on in building a program. And then I think you have to have a roadmap a little bit of, okay, how are you going to do that? You know, and so for me, aligning, aligning towards those missions to that one value and to the mission of the program was a little bit of, of this process is recruit, retain and develop, you know, and, and I think we cliche in so many industries today in the business world and certainly in the football world is, you know, the word culture and sometimes can be, you know, the word family. And I think something from my end of it is really is how do you align everybody towards the mission and the vision of what you're trying to create? And to me, it's been this, this value system, every decision we've made, every process we've engaged in has been around these three core values, recruit, retain, develop. And I'll go into each one of those sections a little bit because I, I do think it's really important. And I really think it's it's been the difference for us of 
not wavering from some of these core values. And I think the first part is recruiting. I think we recruit in, in our profession in, in two different ways. We, we recruit student athletes to come to our institution. You know, at that time, 16, 17, 18 year old young, young men to come into our football program, but also from my job is recruiting, you know, talented professionals at their craft to want to come and be a part of the vision of our program, whether it's coaches or whether it's academic people, whether it's athletic trainers, whoever serving our 18 to 22 year olds, it's been my job to recruit those people here and align them towards our mission. And so, you know, I, I've always said getting everybody that touches the young players in our program aligned towards our mission is my responsibility. And so I think that all kind of falls under this recruitment. And to me, if you know you're, you're trying to recruit to that model and, and getting people aligned to that model is important, then what are the standards that you're looking for of the people you're recruiting to that model? And whether it's the, the players that we're recruiting here or whether it's somebody to come and work that's serving our players it's really been around these three core value systems. And the first one is character. I think one of the things that has allowed us to sustain success is we have never shortcutted the process of building our program with talent without the first value of character. And obviously, you know, if you're recruiting a, a football player, you have to have the talent to be able to play at this level. And that is important. If you're recruiting a really good coach, you want somebody that has the knowledge and the, has built their craft to be able to serve the player. If you're recruiting, you know, somebody that is in nutrition, they obviously have to be educated on that. But what we never have tried to do is supplement. We're going to take the higher, more talented person that has less character. Character has always been at the forefront of the process of bringing somebody or aligning somebody to our mission. What do they stand for? How do they act in their community? What are they about? You know, we I talk about in, in the recruiting process a little bit of recruiting 18 to 22 year olds. You know, we we live in a world that's a highlight, highlight video society. Everybody wants to tell us how great they are. Everybody wants to sh put their highlight film on Twitter and social media. I feel that way. And, in the industry world, everybody wants to tell us all the great things, but I want to evaluate you on when things don't go well. To me, that's character. How do you respond when things don't go well? Who are you in adverse and tough situations? You know, the, the real world, as we all know it, is life is tough. Life's not easy. There's going to be really tough times, but we're defined by who we are and how we respond to adversity. And so we really try to dig in that in the, in the recruiting process and try to find out how young people and really how, you know, professionals, you know, handle those situations or have handled those situations in the past to help us try to make the right decision on character. I think number two is passionate people, you know, whether people that have a great passion for what they do, you know, I, I think that's so important. One of the things that, you know, I, I think has been really critical of our environment here is, you know, whether it's the student athlete that we've come in here, they've got to love football. And you would say, boy, any college, any student that's getting student athlete, 18, 16, 17, 18 year old that's getting recruited at this level has got to love football. Well, they love it. But do they love it so much that they know, man, tough times are going to come. It's never going to be easy. And we're at a place that certainly we're not the blue blood of college football. We're not Ohio State. We're not Oklahoma. We're not Texas. Uh, we're not USC. We don't have all the, 
bells and whistles and the financial backing that some of those places do, but we are beating those people. And we're beating those people because I think this value system is passion, is we have people that love what they do and they have the ability to love the people around them and they have the ability to work through really hard times. And, and I think that's that's something you know I, I've said to our staff that I want to recruit players that I can lose with first, that I know that when we hit tough times, and we lose a game or two, they're not going to jump in the transfer portal. I want to recruit a coach that, man, we might not have a great game on offense and defense, but it's they're not going to go in the tank for the rest of the season. They've got the ability to respond. They're passionate about what they do, and they're always trying to find an answer. And so I think that passion piece is really critical for us in, in the alignment of the right person in our program. And then the third piece is commitment to learning and growth. When we talk about that with, with our student-athletes, I want young student athletes that want to get an education. They want a degree. I still believe that the greatest growth we can make is the ability to be a lifelong learner and the wanting to grow. And, you know, part of my job as a, as a coach is a teacher. And, you know, I, I'm getting 18 to 22 year olds that they're still young men. My job is to help them to, to grow and leave our program and become great men. Go be great community servants, fathers and husbands someday. That's one of the great things I love about coaching at this level. And I would also say one of the great things for me is, you know, I want to surround myself with professionals here, the, the professionals that we hire to serve our players that want to be lifelong learners, that want to continue to not stay in where we're at, but continue to learn, to grow and be on the cutting edge and to help serve our players the best way we possibly can. And so, you know, I, I think those three values in the recruitment has really helped us character, passion and people that are committed to learning and growth, that's really helped us, I think, align our culture in terms of who we want to be and where we want to go. And then I, I think the second piece that becomes really good is, well, you get really good people, you align the people to the mission. Well, how do you keep really good people around? You know, we're, we're in a world and in a profession right now, which probably not so different from you guys is man creating a culture where people want to stay and grow and, and work. We're, we're always going to be a better football team at Iowa State when we have juniors and seniors. We don't get the five-star football player that comes in as a freshman that's going to leave for the NFL in two years. That, that's not who Iowa State is. So we have to get people here that want to come, that are going to stay, that are going to work through adversity, that are going to continue to grow with us. And that way we can, we can be five stars by the time these players are juniors and seniors. You know, same thing with our with our staff. You know, we're we're not able to pay top dollar like maybe some of these other high profile programs. But can we create a culture where people feel really confident and comfortable and want to have the ability to grow within the, in the program? And and we've been really fortunate to do that. You know, I, I would say, you know, one of the keys to our success has been the retention of our coaching staff. You know, being forty one, not having all the answers, you better surround yourself with great people. And, you know, we've been fortunate to do that. You know, the majority of our staff has been with me every step of the way as being a head football coach. And I really appreciate that because I know we wouldn't be where we're at without them. And I feel like equally, it's my responsibility as being in charge is to create a culture that the players and the, the professionals want to continue to grow. And it's, it's really what my job is every day I walk in these walls. And, you know, I think some of the value systems of creating retention in a culture is to create an environment around some of these core values. Number one is family. 
you know, I think when you talk even our 18 to 22 year olds, whether you talk about, you know, the play, our coaches in our program or the professionals in our program, this work-life balance where we are in one of the most highly competitive professions that you're going to find. And yet without creating a sense of balance, letting our coaches and letting the professionals be parents at home, letting them bring their kids to work, be involved, be able to go to church on Sunday, creating a schedule that creates balance for them so they can be their best when their best is needed. Having the same thing of, man, like teaching our players what it looks like to come from a family. I can't tell you how many of our student athletes come from one single family homes and, and the ability to, you know, create family and a sense of family and to see family and create time for them to be with their family. I, I think that that's been a really big point and a really big process from my end is to create essentially a sense of balance within our organization that allows our professionals to still be great parents at home, to allow our professionals to create their own sense of family outside of our walls, and then to allow our players to see family and to understand the balance of family from their own ends, from, man, making sure during the football season, if we have a meeting on Sunday, it's not till later, it's not till the evening. So, you know, our, our coaches can go to church and be home with their families for, for four hours or, you know, whether it's the, the knowledge of our, you know, we've got kids from all over the country and it's on Sunday, man, we better that their parents get flew in for the game and we better not do anything on Sunday till later in the evening so they can, they can be with them till they fly out to, you know, when are you going to have vacation to understanding, you know, can a parent go watch their child play in a, a baseball game or a football game. I, I just think those things are really important. And I think we're in a society now where everybody wants instant result, instant gratification, but it's our responsibility as the leader to allow our personnel to be at their best when their best is needed. And if you're constantly taking away from them in every aspect and they can't be great at home, it's really going to be great. It's really going to be hard for them to be great, you know, within the walls of, of whatever process you're trying to create. I also think, you know, as a leader, it's, it's our responsibility to, you know, create opportunities for personal growth with our staff, whether it's our players or our coaches. I think that part's really big. You know, we talk a lot about personal growth. It, it can't just be about football here. I think that's something that, you know, whatever the organization, it, it can't just be about the product or the business. It's really got to be a, a way of you knowing your personnel and then how do you serve them to grow outside whatever we're doing. And, you know, from our end, you know, that that's the world of football. You know, if, if, if my conversations with our players are just about football, then I'm failing our players. If, if my conversation of growth with our coaches or, you know, with our professionals that, that serve our players is just about the, the end result, then I'm failing as the leader. You know, we have a thing, a saying here that I think is so, so critical that that's really on our staff room doors is, People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And, and, and I really think that's that's been a driving force for me about building our, our culture and our, our program is, is, man, kids don't care how much you know. I can be the greatest coach in the world and have all the X's and O's and all figured out. But, man, at some point they're going to turn you off if they don't believe in you. And, again, it kind of goes back to that trust value is if they don't trust who you are and you've got their best interest at heart. And so – I, I've always been a big believer in that that motto is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think the third third piece of it for me is communication. Man, being a great communicator in terms of 
those touch points. You know, I, I, I don't think you can be a great leader and lead a program if you're hidden in your, your office or, you know, they can't see you. You know, I think having a presence, being, you know, being able to communicate, have one-on-one -on -one meetings, you know, having the opportunity to have touch points throughout the year, that, that part's really big. We, we, I work really hard at that aspect of it. I think that's probably one of the areas of my greatest growth as a leader in the last 10 years is, man, keeping lines of communication open. I, I felt like any failures we've had or any shortcomings that we've had, you can really kind of go back to the lack of communication somewhere in the line of communication that, that's failed. And so, again, I think from a leadership standpoint, it's our job to be at the forefront of that leadership and creating that communication. And I think it's got to start from the top down. And then I think the last piece is consistency is, you know, the, the constituents, the people that are within the organization, having a great understanding and knowing what they're going to get. And that's not being saying you're not going to be on the cutting edge and you're not going to continue to create great positive change because I think we're always looking to do that. But I think a consistency of who you are, what you're about, and what you stand for, I think really, really important. And so, you know, I, I think those value systems in creating our culture and be able to build, um, again, not just about football. You know, it's I think for our student athletes, it's about, you know, it's about allowing them to grow as in terms of their faith, allowing them to grow in terms of human beings, in terms of giving back in the community and making a difference. For our coaches, it's how do you be better fathers and better husbands? How, to, how do you help them grow personally? How do you help them continue to grow in those areas? I, I think those things are really, really big when you talk of creating a culture of retention and keeping the great players and the great people within your organization and continuing to work to promote them within the organization, I, I think becomes really, really big. And then I think the last piece of it, again, which which is certainly the responsibility of the coach, is the, the world of development. And I think this is this is where, man, you want to keep really good. You want to have recruit the right people. You want to keep the really good people within your program and your culture. And then you got to do a great job of developing those people within your culture. And I think that part of it is so critical in terms of your success, right? And I, I think when you look at our football team, again, if you're just talking the world of football, boy, we, we don't have every five-star. We got to go play the best teams in college football. And so we got to recruit good people. We got to allow those people to stay and want to grow and feel safe and confident within your culture to, to stay and grow and to have good days and have bad days and grow through it. And then we got to provide them the tools to be able to grow in these areas. We got to provide them to, to grow mentally. We've got to provide them to grow physically. And then we got to we got to provide them to grow in their craft. And, you know, I think that's where that's become our a little bit of our niche over the last couple of years of why we've been able to really sustain success. We haven't been a flash in the pan. We've been able to sustain it is because I think we have been able to, to do a great job of finding ways to distance ourselves in this area. And that's development. And when I think you're, when you talk about human beings, whether it's our professionals or our players in our program, I think you have to find ways as the leader to help them grow mentally today, physically today, and obviously in their craft. And, you know, when the mental aspect of it, I think this has been probably our greatest hurdle at Iowa State. When you have a lot of overachievers and a guys that have worked really hard from the ground up, sometimes you get to the point of, Man, how do you overcome fear and really the fear of, of man, you want to be so great, so bad 
and you want to do such a great job that sometimes you're paralyzed in the moment of fear. And I think that's been a really big challenge. I think probably even only, not only for our players, probably personally for myself and, and at times for our coaches. And so I think servicing the mental aspect today, we, we can't be naive to that and finding ways to continue to allow growth, mental growth within our, our program, I think has really been big and really critical for all of us. I think the physical growth piece has been really big, servicing our professionals to make sure they're taking care of themselves. They're going to get physicals. They're having the mind and the body to be at their best and to be able to service our our organization, I think is really important. And to show you care from a leadership position to create those opportunities, I think really important. Equally to providing the best physical training for our players. What do they eat? What are we feeding them? How do they train? How do you recover? Uh, I just think those things are really, really important. And from the, the professional standpoint, you know, you can chuckle at that, but I think what I found is Man, when our when our coaches feel good, when when our professionals feel good, they got a great night's sleep. Man, they've taken care of themselves. We get the best of their work when they're working to serve the mission, and I think that's been really big. And then and then I think the last piece is is their craft. You know, for the football player, it's obviously the development of getting better at football. It's their position and 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 their whatever craft that they have that they're working, whether it's kicking, blocking, running, tackling, throwing. But then equally, how do I help develop the craft of our coaching staff? How do I help to develop the craft of our athletic trainers, of our strength trainers, of our nutritionists, of our academic team? I think that's something that as a leader, that is our responsibility. We want our people to be lifelong learners. How do we provide learning opportunities and growth opportunities for them? Those are things that, that I think that that becomes really important because what you find is if I can develop the coach to, to learn new skills or give them time to be able to go out and be a lifelong learner, then he'll bring that back and, and make the player a better player. And, and so, you know, again, all of it servicing the mission of our program. But, you know, I'll certainly at the end of this answer any questions that you would have around those three core values. But that roadmap, recruit, retain, develop, and those core values, it's really how we've made every decision. And it's really, I think, is my responsibility is what you come in and you fight for as the leader of the program daily to make sure you're servicing those areas the best you can for the betterment of the people within the culture. And so I think that's been really big. And I think the last thing that, that I'll, I'll leave you with in terms of from my end is, OK, you got all these you, you go into you know, ultimately, we all have a season. We all have a competitive piece. What then is the roadmap to be successful within that piece? And, you know, what I say is, man, the 10 steps to reach your full potential. And it's aligning, obviously, that player-driven leadership, the constituents within the program to, man, what's coming your way and what's going to give us the best opportunity to be our best. And, Man, it starts with a belief and a plan as we're preparing for the for this year's football season. It's different than last year's football season. Here's what I believe is going to be most important. And then here's the step-by-step -step plan that's going to, to take us to where we want to be, when we need to be there. I've always believed this, maintaining a positive attitude, I think is really critical to the success of everybody involved, developing really good habits. Gosh, we deal with 18 to 22-year-olds, but, but we deal with 22 to 50 year olds, 60 year olds that are trying to 
you know, and I'm sitting here telling you at 41, man, I wish I had great habits and everything I did. But I think what we found is when there's great habits, when I have great habits towards the mission, we're going to have great success. You know, our team must feel we care about them. It goes back to the trust value and obviously goes back to people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I, I think this is really big. Use our veteran players as team leaders. You know, we, we had a great year a year ago, and I would tell you we had a great senior class who was our first recruiting class here at Iowa State who had seen us, you know, come from three and nine to nine and three and went from a team that that hadn't been to a bowl game or ever won a bowl game to winning the Fiesta Bowl. And they were the key, key piece of our success. And the veteran leadership of our team carried us. It wasn't the coaches. It wasn't Matt Campbell. It was our senior leadership that really carried us through tough and trying times. You know, I think great teams, if you're going to reach your full potentials, has to have the ability to deal with pressure. I think we know that no matter what our profession is, there's going to be times where you're going to feel pressure and you got to be consistent and persistent. And then I, I think nine and 10 are, are, are really where true success comes from. Adversity is coming. Be prepared. I, I don't care what you're trying to do or what's going to happen. Tough times are going to hit. Tough times are going to come. Again, another great saying in this program is tough times never last. Tough people do. And we're defined by how we respond to adversity. And, you know, I, I can tell you every year we've been here, last year we lost our first game to Louisiana, an unranked team and awkward situation and, and had to, you know, had to bounce back off the mat. And I, I felt like that was a defining moment for our team, you know, and I, I can kind of go back every year I've been here. If we've had great success, we've responded to adversity. If we didn't have great success, we really failed through adversity. And so I, I think that part is really big. And then I think 10 is huge is handling success will be our greatest challenge. And I think that is for all of us. We've talked about that since January here is, you know, sometimes the, the hardest thing that happens. And that's for myself, for our coaches, our players is, man, once you have success and everybody wants to tell you how great you are, your ego starts to get involved. And next thing you know, you get humbled really fast. And so, you know, I think for us, it's kind of been our, now things have changed within this model, but boy, these 10 steps, they haven't changed. Maybe what what we're talking about or what's, what's surrounded or the happenstance around some of these areas have changed at times from year to year, but the step to, and the plan to reach our full potential year in and year out that hasn't changed. So, you know, I, I throw those in there because I think those have been those have been part of the roadmap year in and year out as we 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 work towards a mission or a football season. Those have been the the roadmap and the and the steps that we've had to take. And you know, we we say it here all the time: it takes what it takes to to, to be successful and reach your full potential. There's no shortcut. And, and really, I think those ten things have been been challenges at every step of the way. So with some of that said, and I know there's a lot there, um, you know, hopefully th those are, they're valued, but, I, but I certainly would love to, to answer any questions maybe that you would have from my end of things and, and uh, you know, however we want to go, I'll certainly go. And as long as you need me to. Fantastic. There are just tons of, of great points in there. I know I have pages of notes that I wrote down, so uh, I'm sure everybody else does too. We had some great questions that came in. Let's start with Scott. He said, what do you do when a player comes in and does a great job as a player, but then feels he's above or doesn't want to follow along with that culture to build? And maybe it's not evident right away. Maybe it happens later. Yeah. You know, I, I think twofold in that is, is first and foremost, our we has to be greater than any me in our program to be successful. And I think that that has to be constantly 
said and you know talked about from my standpoint and any leadership within our program in whether it's our player leadership whether it's our coaching leadership i think that has to be stressed and i think when that gets challenged you have to address it right away and uh, again part of my job is you're some at time that's being that's being challenged by 18 to 22 year olds well part of my job as a coach is i, I still am a teacher coaching is teaching and leading is teaching and so you know what you what you hope to have the ability to do is sit that person down have a great conversation and address it right away and then from there from there you have to hold them accountable to the standard and as soon as the there there becomes a situation where that person doesn't want to or is not willing to change then i think you, that's when you have to remove that person from the culture and you know i'll be honest with you two of our biggest moments in building this program year one we started off 0 and three our, our starting left tackle boy you know probably should have made a decision earlier on removing him from the culture i didn't do that because he was certainly talented and actually got to play in the nfl for two years afterwards but i removed him from the team and i felt like man when that happened the players and the coaches in our program looked at me and said man it's about time and and also said hey like you're finally you are what you say you talk about a year later you know we had a quarterback situation we played the university of texas we're two and two, and we played the University of Texas. We had a uber talented quarterback, one of the most talented players we've had, started the season for us, and just this unbelievable talent, but didn't carry himself the right way. You know, we we go the next week to Norman, Oklahoma, who Baker Mayfield's a starting quarterback. We're playing down there. They're the number one team in the country. We remove the quarterback on Tuesday from the team. We play a quarterback that had never started a college football game. And, you know, again, I felt like the relief of the team because this guy was against the culture and the team was looking at me to make the right decision. And when we removed that player, I almost felt a sense of relief. We go down, you know, we're 30 point underdogs in Norman and we win that football game. And obviously that was a big turning point for our team with a quarterback that had never played. But at some point, the standards and the culture and what you say you're about has to be stronger than any individual within the organization. And so, you know, and not only do you have to do that with the players in our situation, but you also have to do that with the professionals. And, you know, you've had, we've had to make some, probably some tough calls on some personnel, but I think your job first and foremost is to try to serve those individuals and help them grow because people can change. You can create growth, but once that growth is at a point where it's not they're not willing to change then i think you have to be willing to stand up and, and make you may do the right thing for the betterment of the culture and the people within the organization than you do for just the single person what book had the greatest impact on you as a leader yeah i i i love to read i'll, I'll be honest with you you know i, I have our, our team read a lot of books and and there's a lot of a lot of leadership books that are out there and just a lot of books in general. I, I, I would say there's one book that I have every player in our team read and it's a, it's a, it's as simple of a book as there, there is, but it's, it's powerful. And it's, it's a book called chop wood, carry water by Joshua Metcalf. And, you know, I, I had our team read it going into year two because I, I, I felt like it, it put some of the foundational principles in the very simple read for our team. And now every freshman class that I have, every incoming cl class reads that. And I actually teach a class with our freshmen during the year 
on that book. And, and again, I think it's it's really big because it talks a lot about the value systems that we believe in within our culture and, and it creates really good conversations. So if I had to pick one, I, I would say Chop Wood, Carry Water. And there's some great books out there. I would say one during the pandemic as well as a book, Stillness is the Key, which was a phenomenal book that just came out during the pandemic and was, was a great read as well. You should consider publishing a list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You started off today talking about trust. Uh, what are some ways you think employees can foster trust within employees uh, like you have within your players? Yeah, and, and, and I, I really think it, it starts with open communication. You know, I, I think you as the leader have to be present. And then I think you have to be able to, I think, have both individual conversation and getting to know, making sure you know how every one of your employees ticks, what's their story, what are they about, knowing them on a personal level. And then I think on top of that, then coming together and defining who do we want to be and what do we want to be known as. You know, one of the one of the exercises we did this past offseason, we came back in January. I knew there was going to be a lot of pressure on this year's team. And, you know, we, we had just done some great things as you know, let's define really who we are. What do we stand for? And, and I first did it with our coaching staff. You know, what are the five, four or five value systems that if somebody came in and they watched our coaching staff, what would they say, man, this is what these guys stand for. And let's put them up. Let's work through that process. And let's let's kind of agree on it. And then let's hold ourselves accountable to some of those. And then we did the same thing with our players. And I, I thought that was really good because it helped us uh, I think, again, it kind of creates some ownership. And, and again, it's not always coming from me. You want to you want everybody to try to be involved and feel like they're involved in, in certainly in, in what the process is and what you're trying to be and what you're trying to become. Ben asked the question, what was in your mind as the biggest challenge in building both Toledo and ISU? And, and where did you even start <laughs> for, for those of us starting to build this process? Where do you start? Yeah, I think that's that's such a great question because I think for me, two drastically different situations. You know, when I was at the University of Toledo, I, I was actually an assistant on staff that got promoted to be the head football coach. And by no means was I probably ready to be the head football coach and not even thinking about it at the time. But I think there were two things that I did at both places I would say were really important and I, there was a business, there was a business professor at Toledo. When I got the job, I called him and said, man, what do I do now? It's like, holy smokes, I, I, I'm in this like, and I, there was a piece of advice that he had given me that I thought was really big. And, and I thought the first point of it is you got to find out what's going on within the culture. No two situations are ever the same. And you may have some core beliefs that you believe in, but if you don't know where to start, then you're not going to be able to have success. And so at both places, I actually sat down and before I did anything in either of the two jobs is I met with everybody that touched the organization. I, I met with everybody when I came to the University of Toledo, when I got promoted, I met with every coach and every player and said, man, what are we doing well? What are we not doing well? And if you were the head coach here, what would you change? And I did the same thing when I came here to Iowa State. And it was two drastically different situations and two drastically different areas. But at least it helped me understand what was going on in our culture, who trusted who, who didn't trust who, where were some of the issues that I could try to get aligned or fixed right away. And then, you know, and then it was, 
okay, how do we align these, how do we align this organization going forward? And it was two drastically different starting spots. But to me, I think that's where sometimes I see leaders come in and they say, this is how we're going to do it. This is what it's going to look like. And this is what we're doing. And I really don't care what was going on here before. And I think that's where failure occurs. I think you got to find, you got to figure out what was going on, what was going on well, what should we keep going well, what wasn't going well, man, it's my job to fix it. What do the people think that at least wasn't going well? I may think it was or wasn't, but it's what are the, what do the constituents think? And then from there, you know, man, if you, if you, what, what do you think you would do if you were in the leadership position? I think that really helped me try to try to get things going in the right direction the fastest I possibly could. What tools do you have to assess or determine a, a person's character when they come in? How do you determine character? Yeah, I, I, I think that that's really that's really good. You know, I I, I think that's hard, but I, I also think it's easier today than it's ever been because of social media, because of because I think so many people are willing to let you in to what who they are and what they're about, what their what their identity really is or or isn't. And so, you know, like in the recruiting process, I'll give you an example with our football team. You know, when we go to a high school to recruit a student athlete, like I, I really don't care what the head coach says because so many parents are all over the head coach to get their kid recruited that it's his job to tell me why I should recruit the kid. But I want to go see what the lunch lady says. I want to see what the principal has to say. I want to see what the people in the community have to say about that student athlete. I think that's really important. I never recruit a kid just off of highlight videos. I, I, I would say, you know, so many kids, they put it on Twitter and social media, man, that's all their great plays. But when we offer a student athlete a full scholarship here, I want to see your worst plays. And then I want to see the two or three plays that come after it, because to me, it's going to tell me how, how you respond to adversity. I'll watch a game film on a student athlete to see, man, how are you at the beginning of the game? Are you that same player at the end of the football game? And, and to me, those are things that define character in the world of football. When you talk about professional character and that you're hiring a professional, a coach or somebody in the professional field, to me, I think it's it's willingness to call employers, call people, call references. You know, it, it may sound great. It may look great. But, man, you got to dig and you got to find out, you know, and, and what are what are some of the social media? What are some of those things say? Like, who are these people really? Because to me, I, I almost think it's easier today then it is harder, but you got to, you got to do the work. You got to put the time and effort into trying to figure out and make those reference calls and make calls to figure out who this person really is, what's their strengths and what's their weaknesses. Fantastic. I think that's the list of most of the questions that we've got here. I don't know if Bob, you wanted to do your intro at the end here. I was just going to say that, you know, with him being my cousin, it's always a little odd finding bios and doing bios because all of us know him as Matt and he's our cousin. So uh, you know, I had just a simple bio that I found off the internet I was going to do. But then at the end of that, that I was going to say kind of what Matt actually said, where he's one of the most humble people that I've ever met in my entire life. And I, I knew that at some point he was going to say that it had nothing to do with him. It had everything to do with the people that surrounded him. So that's one of the most amazing qualities that I that I find in him as a person. Well, I appreciate that greatly, Bob. And and honestly, I, I really appreciate you guys allowing me to come on and, and, and talk and, and wanting me to come on and talk. And again, I, I think from from my end, if there is anything down the road that I can help with or if you have questions, I wish I wish I, I knew I could give out four tickets to an Iowa State game, but I know we can go through Bob and we can get you to an Iowa State game if you're in Ames, Iowa. 
um, like the Indians tickets. I was trying to get Mike, I'm trying to get those Indians tickets, you know what I mean? So, so, uh, but uh, please, if there is any way I can be an asset down the road or, you know, even from this conversation, that there's something that I could do or, or be an asset to in anybody's uh, any way, shape or form, I, I, I would certainly do it. And, and just very humbled and grateful for you guys to have me. Coach, thank you so much. That was awesome. I'm like rethinking my life now as a result of, you know, how you put things together and create a framework for yourself to stay within those guidelines. It's making me rethink a lot of different stuff and reestablish those core values that maybe we did in sports or maybe we did in college. But, you know, in our 40s, we don't think about too much because we're so busy with everything else. But those things are decision making tools that keep us guided down a path where we know we want to go. So thank you so much. That was amazing. Nick, do you have anything else for Coach Campbell? No, I just want to say thank you so much on the behalf of uh, Portage County Safety Council for being here today. The presentation was amazing. Um, it gave me a lot to think about, too, in, in my career and ways to uh, just improve team and, and make things more effective. So uh, wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for, for doing this for us. It is greatly appreciated. And Coach, awesome. someone just put in the chat, you picked up a lot more Saragon fans because we're all Buckeyes fans. <laughs> it's so much fun watching Iowa State play. You know, especially when you guys beat up Oklahoma earlier in the year, I was I became your biggest fan for a while. So I was like, yes, because I hate Oklahoma. And so uh, <laughs> I was like, yes, go, go Coach Cable. So that is just awesome. Again, thank you so much. I won't keep you on here. I know you, you got a lot of time. Your time's precious to you. So, again, Coach, it's just such an honor to have you. And I, I love it that you're an Ohio native and you come back and you speak into this. And I think that your words are going to well beyond this webinar. I think people are going to take this and run with it. And some people are going to go back to their workplace and say, how can I be a better leader and how can I – establish some of these similar core values in my recruiting and my development and how I lead and manage people. So thank you so much for coming back and speaking into Northeast Ohio. And I'll be watching much closer this year. So go Cyclones, right? Go Cyclones, guys. Thanks again for having me. Have a great summer and, and we'll see you this fall. And thanks for all your support. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. View expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.